This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and I have an impressive guest with me today who I will be interviewing, Mr. Ron Teagarden, who started studying Chinese herbalism in 1969. He's been a practitioner of Asian healthcare since 1971 and has been practicing herbalism since 1974. Although he is not genetically of Asian descent, he has been a powerful translator of Eastern philosophy and healthcare techniques to tens of thousands of Westerners for four decades, including myself. I think Ron was probably from China in a past life. That's my guess. He studied with numerous Oriental masters and doctors until in 1974, he met his greatest teacher, Master Sung Jin Park. From Master Park, Ron learned the principles, theories, and practices of the Oriental art of radiant health that he employs today. In 1976, Ron spent five months studying various Asian healthcare techniques in Japan. During the stay in Japan, Ron came up with the idea of the elixir bar, a bar that we are very, very fond of and an idea that is exploded across Los Angeles in the last few years, and I'm sure will explode across the world inevitably. Ron has written a couple books. Chinese Tonic Herbs, written in 1984, has become a classic in the field. It is basically required reading by anyone interested in Chinese herbalism. In 2000, Ron published through Time Warner Books, The Ancient Wisdom of the Chinese Tonic Herbs, and a fantastic book. I really enjoyed the first time I read that. It simplified the entire herbal world it just in one book to create a complete order out of total chaos, and I really appreciate Ron for doing that book. Ron currently runs, or actually co-runs, Dragon Herbs, a purveyor of hundreds of superior herbal products with his wife, Yanlin Teagarden. Welcome, Ron Teagarden. How are you? Thank you, Dave. It's so great to be here. Thank it's you. great to hear your voice, and every time I, I'm able to listen to you, it's, it's just a wonderful experience, and you're so humble and amazing, and we're going to get into a lot of really cool stuff, and I think the first subject that I wanted to ask you about, Ron, is this idea of inflammation, inflammation from the Chinese herbal perspective. Inflammation is now known to be the precursor of most major diseases. I covered this topic exclusively in my Longevity Now program. It's been a big part of what I've been doing. Now I'd like to hear from, from you what your perspective is on this major issue that is afflicting millions of people on both, it's coming from both a chronic and an acute basis. Um, in Chinese herbalism, inflammation is referred to as a false fire. Could you please explain to our listeners what that means? Yeah, that's a great place to start. Basically, um, the basic principle of Chinese medicine, of Chinese herbalism, is based on yin and yang. And right, the fundamental of life studies is the concept that when we're born, we have a water force and a fire force. Um, those two forces are the primal forces of our life. As we grow older, the water force, which is the force of the kidney, becomes weaker, and the force of fire tends to become uncontrollably greater. And that's that's a symbolism for the con for the well the concept that as we grow older uh, through our lifespan, we become more and more inflamed. We become hotter. We 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 lose our control. Now that energy can that water energy can be maintained and replaced, which keeps us younger for longer and actually maintains life. But Basically, at this stage in the world, uh, if we look at 
virtually every disease and every condition humans go th- go through, inflammation or this what we call in, from the Chinese point of view false fire is um, is is there. It's prevalent in everything. As a matter of fact, um, these days there's a term that's um, being used um, widely among people who study anti-aging techniques um, and principles, which is called inflammaging, which is based on the principle that basically the body starts to attack itself. We lose control of the body as as we grow older, and um, almost every tissue in the body becomes inflamed at a subclinical level, and in some places it uh, becomes clinical. For example, as we get older, then people start developing Alzheimer's or um, diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease, and so on. All these things are inflammatory conditions that have gone wild, but... No matter what, as we grow older, we're becoming more and more inflamed. And my perspective and the point of view here is that we need to be able to, when we're younger, if possible, but at any time in our life, start to control that fire. We can do that by both building the water element within our body and also controlling the fire. And we can do that through partly through lifestyle and then partly through our, our diet, nerves, and so forth. So that's basically the, the, the basic concept in a nutshell. <laughs> Ron, I love hearing you talk. I, I, I love learning from you, and you've been a great teacher for me. And I want to tune everybody in who's listening right now that Ron is an amazing educator, and what he's bringing forth is very powerful, ancient wisdom that it makes so much sense and works. So listen closely, because everything we're going to cover in this interview is going to be something I believe you're going to be able to take home right away and apply to your life to improve your health. Okay, so let's, let's get back to this, Ron. Um, and by the way, thank you so much. I so, so appreciate our friendship, Ron. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's um, so mutual. It's, believe me, I, I, I really, um, first of all, I wanted to say I really appreciate what you're doing for the world. You're a real spokesman for the most important things there are. And I'm, you know, I, I feel very grateful that I'm <laughs> having this um, discussion with you and so forth today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's, we, I feel that whenever we're together, that mutual just respect, love, and, and appreciation for each other, and it's, it's just a great energy. Um, in, in the theory of Chinese medicine, there is a, a phrase that, or an aphorism that when the disease is acute, treat the stem. When the disease is chronic, treat the root. Can you explore that for us? Can you take that theory and apply it to inflammation, how can we identify these earlier stages of inflammation, maybe when when it's in that acute stage? That's a very powerful concept of treating things early. You know, that's kind of the basic premise of Chinese um, healthcare is that you don't want to get sick in the first place. I'd like to come back to that in a few minutes. But once we start to notice, uh, sometimes by signs that are evolving before they become clinical conditions, then that's the, that's one of the best ways, that's certainly the best time to treat a condition that's developing. You can tell that a person is becoming inflamed when, um, they start developing chronic conditions that are sub-health. Um, you know, almost every condition has inflammation involved. And therefore, taking certain things to correct things, nip things in the bud, that may be very useful. I think that's a, a major part of Chinese healthcare is to not let things get to the point where you've already got heart disease or you've already developed arthritis and you've already developed Alzheimer's disease and so forth. Not that we don't have people that get to that stage and we can help them, but there are certain herbs, for example, certain foods. 
I mean, there are many foods, like all the greens, um, all the grasses, are very anti-inflammatory. And just by consuming those as food, like, you know, the, the basic premise is let your food, you know, let your food be your medicine. I think that's ultimately the most important way to treat the subclinical types of inflammation that people see. Now, people feel inflammation just by feeling sore, by being fatigued, by having sort of chronic little conditions that did you not necessarily going to go see a doctor about, but maybe are, are the precursor to something. Say you have chronic sinusitis, your, your nose is always running, or your eyes are always burning, or your skin is always itching, or, or you get a stomach ache every night. All those things involve, at least partially, for sure, some inflammation. So no matter what you have to do medically about these things, you still have to try to suppress the inflammatory part to some degree. Now, once these things evolve into something else, you could go to a Chinese doctor and get herbs like, you know, those famous herbs like coptis and scutellaria and, and form, those are going to come in formulations. Many of the bupleurin formulas can really deal magnificently with inflammatory conditions that have evolved into actual diseases. But it's kind of not my path. Uh, you know, like that's what you do once you've actually become sick. I mean, what... My purpose in life is, my whole mission is to say, the most important thing we can do is start looking at our health when we're still even healthy or at least close to it and work on our health and start to live correctly. You know, like you know, you, you do the same thing. We eat well, you live well, you, you have a certain lifestyle that promotes your health and well-being so that we don't develop these chronic illnesses that are all inflammatory. Yeah, so I think the most important thing is to get back to the concept of what do we do not to become inflamed in the first place or to or to nip it in the bud if it's you know before it turns into a disease that's really difficult let's talk about this this let food be your medicine because there's something very interesting about that phrase and that is the second part let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. Right. What now whenever I think about that I think, oh, herbalism is supposed to be food and that that really one day it hit me. I really learned that from you. I really learned that from you. It, let's talk a little bit about that the acute situations, the acute inflammation, I think you were saying um bupleurum formulas and then really root inflammatory conditions. Let's talk a little bit about herbs. What what kind of herbs do you really feel come to the forefront um, when you're treating the stem, treating the root? Well, okay. First of all, I think that um, that treating let's let's say that something is um, is a chronic one first. We'll we'll go there first, and we'll go to the more acute uh, stage. Treating the stem means that if a problem has been going is is just building and it's chronic. It actually hasn't developed, or it may have been acute at one point, but now it's become a chronic problem. Then you can't just keep treating it medicinally. I mean, Chinese medicine, uh, we distinguish three categories of herbs, and the, the same goes for food. That means that's called the, the superior herbs, the general herbs, and the inferior herbs. The, let's start with the inferior herbs. The inferior herbs are substances that are very powerful at remedial action. These are medicine. They are drugs. Um, there are many of these in the world. There are many er herbs that can treat conditions, but they're unidirectional. They 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 quell fire. They they dissolve. They disperse water. They relieve this. They expand that. They do all kinds of different things. But because they have kind of a a strong unidirectional function, they can also be 
pushing the body in the wrong direction if you use too much for too long and so forth. So you really can't use medicinal herbs yourself for too long. I, I, I am strongly of the belief that if you're sick, then you go to see a Chinese doctor and they give you herbal medicine. And it still has to, might, may have to be changed one day or three days or five days later, depending on the acute condition and as it changes. So, so the inferior herbs are not inferior from the point of view of how powerful they are. They may save your life if you have a fever or malaria or something like this, but they're not the kind of herbs that you're, they're called inferior because you waited until after you were sick to use them and they can have side effects. The second category of herbs are the general herbs. These are the preventative herbs. Uh, these are things you can take for a much more extended period of time. They're still powerful medicinally, but they also have a tonic quality, a strengthening quality. That So people can take them for a week or a month or, or for a year, a year or more. I When I was first coming out of my chronic fatigue syndrome in, in my 20s, I took a, one of these these general herb formulas, a bupleurin formula, for two years. But eventually I stopped taking it. And then the third category of herbs are the tonics, which are called the superior herbs in Chinese herbal lexicon. And the tonic herbs, are they are food. They're just another food group. They are literally just rare, special foods that we can't necessarily eat straight in most cases. Some, a lot of them are roots and barks and different kinds of, uh, of foods that are a little rougher to eat. But these are a fifth food group. They're a special food group where you can take them every day. They're safe, but they have special qualities that build everything about us in terms of developing radiant health. They, these are like a, literally something you can consume on a, on a permanent basis, but they're very powerful. And an example might be the herb gynostema. Gynostema is a, a grassy vegetable type of herb that grows in Central Asia, down to Vietnam and so forth. It um, grows in the misty mountains of uh, uh, down there, and it's a very beautiful herb that when you take it, it builds your immune system and increases your adaptability, but it, it counteracts the growing inflammation that a person has or develops throughout their lifetime. And to me, gynostema is perhaps arguably the greatest herb on earth because you can drink it every single day as a tea or consume it as a capsule if you don't want to drink the tea, but it's a really good tea. But you can drink, you can consume it every day and it constantly is helping to fight this chronic inflammation that we build. It's a very, very important thing. Because of that, it's considered an anti-aging longevity herb in Asia. And right now it's the most popular herb in Asia. And by consuming something like this, you're not specifically fighting any particular inflammatory condition, but you're building your body up so it doesn't become inflamed. It does that original thing of building up the forces of the body that counteract chronic inflammation. So to me, that's why it's so important and that the longest-lived people in the world come from the region where gynostema is consumed as a regular daily tea. So there's something not only I'm – not, I'm not a person that's totally vested in – Everything that's coming along is new. I like to see something that's been used for hundreds or thousands of years that's actually worked on millions of people, and gynostema is an example. Another example would be goji berries, um, which are really originally a pepper. You know, and you're, I know you love goji enormously. And so you, I'm, thinking, I'm preaching to the choir, but, um, but 
Goji is much more than what people think. It's not just a superfood. It's really an herb that has very profound anti-inflammatory uh, action and protective actions in, at, at, the, at the nuclear level of our cells. It's a true Jing protector. It builds our system in a way that, that does protect inflammation as we get older. And that's, of course, why it protects your vision and, and your um, uh, skin and keeps it from aging. It's because of, of a lot, this this constant anti-inflammatory action that it has if you're eating an ounce a day. So this, these are a couple of the herbs. There are, you know, there's, there are more. There's not uh, an infinite amount of tonics that do this because, of, because there are really only a few dozen in the world that are in that league, not even that many maybe. But um, those are – my approach then is you try to take things every day so you don't become inflamed. If you do become inflamed, then you have to move over to taking things. Now, still, the gynostema is still going to counteract almost every kind of inflammatory condition, even if it becomes acute. But at that point, you may need um, to take things that are more medicinal, in which case I personally then say talk to an acupuncturist or an herbalist who is trained in, in the medicinal side of, of herbalism. Let, let's talk a little bit about the Chinese herbs in, in this top category, which are, like, I call them the super herbs. You call them the, the, the ancient tonic herbs. They, they have this self-regulating adaptogenic property that restores balance for us, right? And it, it kind of maintains our health without any kind of intervention whatsoever. Can you go into a few more of these herbs and just describe a little bit about that that adaptogenic quality, what is it in them that creates that self-regulating property? Well, most of them are actually fairly sophisticated chemically. That they have they have multiple versions of certain kinds of, of a chemical that where an herb like gynostema has over a hundred what they call japenicides. That's a, a kind of saponin. It's a it's a it's a molecule that is in quite a few plant, but gynostema has this fantastic range of of these saponins called japenicides. I love things like this because the saponins are actually like, they're like soap. They're, they actually are in the soap family. I mean, it sounds strange, but they, they, they have two ends to them. One end is, um, it binds to water-soluble chemicals, and the other end binds to fat-soluble chemicals. And by their very nature, they go in and they help to cleanse the body, to uh, nurture the hormones. Uh, they, have a, they have a very wide range. And, they, and some of the saponins will stimulate certain functions, and certain other saponins tend to sedate them. And when you take a complete formula like, or complete herb like gynostema, uh, or ginseng, or eleuthero, which is a kind of related to ginseng. It's called Siberian ginseng, but it's really a different plant. Um, or rhodiola from, I prefer the rhodiola from Tibet, but there's also rhodiola rosea from Russia. Codnopsis and other herbs that have this, these saponins. Uh, I'll get to stra- astragalus more later, but it's another classic one that has many saponins. So some of the saponins will, stim- you know, actually make you warmer and some of them will make you colder and some of them will make you str- fall, wake up and some make you fall asleep. And when you take a formula or a product that contains this range of saponins that are, it becomes what they call double directional, bi-directional. And this results in, in enhanced flexibility, adaptability. So like if you drink a cup of, um, Good ginseng, that's actually a fully mature ginseng root. Um, if you consume that, which has 
both directions, then you can drink that in the morning and it will wake you up because that's what your body's naturally doing. But if you drink it at night before going to bed, it will actually help you to go to, into deeper sleep. and You'll sleep like a baby. And um, that shocks a lot of people because we're, we're used to drugs like, you know, caffeinated, like coffee or Coca-Cola or, 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 or stronger pharmaceutical drugs that have one direction. They either wake you up or they put you to sleep. They give you energy or they sedate you. You know, that's, that's the drug mentality that our society has developed. But So there's very few things that are double directional. But in Asia, the greatest of the herbs, the ones that have risen to the top, all have this quality. That's why there's so few, actually, though. You understand there's, there, there's probably 50 or 60 herbs in the entire world that have this kind of chemistry that we know of. But these herbs are all the unbelievable. They, these are the ones called the supertonics or the super herbs, as you call them. And they are because, like I said, the gynostema. You can drink that one, and it, it helps your body do what it wants to do naturally. And, um, you know, sometimes people take really good ginseng, and they think they're going to get a big boost of energy, and they, instead they fall asleep. But that's because that's what the body needed to do, and it drives it into actually a deep, extremely restful sleep. And you wake up, though, then you're refreshed, then you've really built a lot of chi, and then you're into a, you get into a rhythm. So, you know, it's all based on this double direction. And I think that's the foundation of, of tonic herbalism is that because they're double direction, really anybody can take them. They do what the body needs. They're, they're safe. They're not medicine. They're, they're just a kind of nourishment to your nervous system and your endocrine system that, uh, helps. And it's something I'd like to talk about more in a few minutes, but regulate, regulation is the key to life. And um, these herbs help your body to regulate itself, to become centered, to become balanced, to flow with the flow of nature, to actually, uh, you know, surf life the way it was meant to be, you know, surfed. So that's basically the idea of double-direction herbs, and they're, they're very beautiful. Now, I've been confused about this. I'd love to hear your take on this. Let's say what you're, what you're saying here about inflammation is that it kind of builds as time goes on. It's a, it's a competing energy of water and yin energies with the yang fire energies in our life. And generally, as time goes on, the inflammation kind of takes over. At what age do these tonic herbs or super herbs become important for folks? At what age can you start to ingest them? You can start taking herbs when you're a baby. I would say that in Asia, most mothers take tonic herbs and the baby's getting the benefit of those herbs through their milk and even through pregnancy um, before that. Um, now in the United States on the side of most bottles it says you know don't don't consume if you're pregnant or nursing but that's probably true for for you know the, the regulatory side of things but um, you can start taking herbs when you're young. Uh, my children um, take herbs. I've got a 12, a 13 year old and a 15 year old now and of course they've been on herbs their whole life and they don't get sick. Um, they don't miss school. I can, I can actually say that um, I don't think they've missed five days total of school in their life. You know, so uh, that means they didn't get the little, you know, snotty noses and earaches that some kids get. Now, as an example, as you know, you're, you, we all have a thymus gland. A thymus is a gland that um, it sits on top of our heart. And the thymus is in charge of um, producing the T cells that go through our bloodstream and then are ready to fight bacteria and viruses and other things that come into our blood. So the thymus is in charge of that. But from the time we're a baby 
it starts to shrink. So that by the time that we're, say, in our middle age, say 40 years old, the thymus is only 10% um, the size and functionality of what it was when we were a baby. Now, that means we're producing far fewer T cells and so forth. Now, the thymus is flexible. It can actually be nourished and not shrink so much. Most people... Um, most people think, well, your thymus just shrinks, but the truth is now they found that people can can significantly, and it's been proven, um, protect the thymus so that we're producing these T cells. Now, the reason I bring this up with inflammation, that when the T when our T cells are produced in our thymus, there's a mechanism in our thymus which removes all the T cells that are what they call self-reactive, uh, um, which which attack our own body. So that's a very useful thing because that means those things aren't going to cause us to develop inflammatory dise- diseases. As we get older and our thymus involutes or shrinks, then T cells are produced other places in the body, but there's no mechanism to, to get rid of the self-attacking T cells that are produced at random during that production. So as we get older and as our thymus shrinks, we produce more and more T cells that become self-attacking. In other words, they go into your brain or into your heart, into your eyes, everywhere, every organ in our body, and start to attack the body. So we need to protect ourselves from the time we're young. By the time you're a teenager, you, you should be actually taking certain tonic herbs to strengthen your immune system. I... I, I can't see any reason why people wouldn't do that. Also, just look at yourself. By the time a person is 30 or 40, they've lost a lot of their power in life. Um, the jing energy, the, the primal force is being depleted. Our testosterone and, and estrogen is being depleted by life. Um, it runs out. Why do you want to wait until you're actually depleted to start replenishing? The time to start is when you're young and actually maintain the production. Keep your tissues healthy. These herbs are very safe. Who, you know, everybody should eat goji from the time they're um, a child. Everybody should drink rather gynostema from the time they're a child. Ginseng, kids all over Asia start taking it when they're, certainly when they're teenagers because it gives them the energy to do well in school. Um, this can go on and on. Now, with certain of the young jing tonics, which are a little bit more hormonal, then maybe you wait until somebody is, is in the at least post pubescent, you know, um, until they're in their twenties. But mostly, um, ho shou wu as a jing tonic, those kind of things start young, and um, I, I don't think there's um, any reason to wait. Now, as you get older, you're going to need them more desperately because you're going to have the realization, you know, wow, I'm getting old, and then people start really going for their tonics. But that's to me, that's a little late. I think that I'm I'm on the path to try to say. You know, tell people when they're young, stay young. Stay young is a lot better than go in and correct them later. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Ron. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.